This is the Athletics of Business Podcast, Episode 19. Welcome to the Athletics of Business, a podcast about how the traits and behaviors of elite athletes and remarkable business leaders frequently intersect. The real stories and hard lessons to help you level up your leadership and performance. Now your host, Ed Molitor. Welcome to the Athletics of Business Podcast, and I am your host, Ed Molitor. I am really excited about today's episode. And now, don't get me wrong. I'm excited about every episode because we have had some incredible guests. Uh, But today, it's going to be just us, you and me. We are going to dive into the power of self-awareness. And this is something that I hold very near and dear to my heart. It's been a big part of my life in the athletic world, in the business world, in my personal life uh, for as long as I can remember. Um, And I am going to share a very special story with you, a very personal story, I should say, uh, later on in the podcast to explain why it's been such a significant or played such a significant role in my life uh, almost the last six years. And and stay with me for that because I think it's a story that's really going to resonate. It's really going to hit home and it will it will absolutely lay out for you why self-awareness is, is so significant, why it's so powerful, um, and why it is a journey. Um, so, so I look forward to sharing that with you. Um, you know, and I mentioned athletics. When, when I grew up, I grew up the, the, the son uh, of a legendary, now he would never say that or admit that, but a legendary high school coach here in the Chicago area. Um, you know, my, my dad was uh, coaching in the Catholic League in the late 60s and then in the early 70s when he was at a clinic and someone started talking about the power of the mind um, and the role it played in athletics. And he really started to embrace the idea that your performance was as much, if not more, mental than physical. As a matter of fact, we, we used to Riding cars to his summer league games, and this is before I played for him in high school. I mean, I can remember seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and he would put cassettes in in the radio. Uh, sometimes we didn't even have a cassette player in the radio, so we'd bring the old handheld cassette player. And I can remember uh, Zig Ziglar. I can remember listening to George Raveling. If it is to be, it's up to me. But to me, that was just normal. That's what I I knew, and it wasn't until I I went to college that I realized that sports psychology was just becoming uh, an emerging industry. And this was in the late 1980s. Um, So sitting on my desk to this day, and I've had it for for years, and I think I first got it when I was in college, uh, Mental Toughness Training for Sports by James Lear, uh, Dr. James Lear. And it is an amazing book. And the whole idea, the whole premise of the book is this, what it's really about, what the battle, the competition is really about is conquest of self. You think about it, Every single day when we wake up, we're worried about the meetings we're going to have, the sales, the deals we have to close, um, the conferences with our boss, the expectations put on us by our peers, our colleagues, our family, our friends, whoever, okay? And we're always worried about how we're going to perform. Uh, we're we're going to worry about, are we, are we going to, you know, how are we going to succeed uh, in athletics? Uh, when I worked with, with athletes and, and backing up to my playing days, I started keeping a journal in high school and that journal, and I really got in deep into the ideal performance state, which now in my professional career, um, I work on every single day, especially when I'm presenting uh, and when I'm speaking. But in terms of the ideal performance state, I would journal how I felt before practices then I would rate certain areas of my you know, performance at practice, and then I would just 
write some notes down um, what I thought happened and what I could do about it the next day. Um, and I and I was very intentional about that. And then for games, obviously, you would do it, do it as well. And that's when um, I first started locking into the whole concept of ideal performance state. And truth be told, unbeknownst to me, that was laying the foundation for, for the Athletics of Business concept, for the Athletics of Business brand uh, and this wonderful podcast. So, you know, self-awareness has been a big, big part of my life. And there's so many different benefits. Uh, you, you, think about the, you think about your professional career. Um, you know, the higher level of self-awareness you have, you become more confident, you become more creative, you make sounder decisions, uh, your relationships, you're going to build stronger relationships, you'll communicate more effectively, you know, those stronger relationships um, will be a result of communicating more effectively. Uh, this is, you know, one of the ones I always love when I talk to clients about because I'm not trying to point fingers is you're less likely to lie, cheat and steal. Uh, you, you're more productive at the office, you're more productive away from the office. Um, you're going to realize more success. And if, you know, when, when you're in a leadership position and you work on your level of self-awareness, you're going to have more satisfied employees, more satisfied people on your team, because what happens is, and we're going to get into this later in the podcast, as you work on becoming more self-aware, you're going to interview them about you and see how they feel about you. And once they realize um, that you care, and then once you uh, execute empathy towards them and you'll become more empathetic as you become more self-aware and I'm getting way ahead of myself right now. Um, but that's one of the benefits. And, and one of the things folks always ask me, and I try to stay away from just being that person just gives definitions. Well, this is what they say about self-awareness is what it is. But let me, let me just go through what self-awareness is defined as. And that is the conscious knowledge of one's own character, one's own feelings, motives, and desires. Okay. Now I want to make a point that's very important. One of the things people often confuse self-awareness with is acknowledgement. So in other words, yeah, I acknowledge I did that. I acknowledge that I have an issue um, when our backs are against the wall with a deadline and you don't actually meet your deadline two minutes before. Okay. Or, you know, I acknowledge that I do pretty well in these, you know, I thrive in these situations. Um, I acknowledge that I probably don't lead with a whole lot of empathy, but I am an empathetic person and I'll get that, get to that later in the podcast as well. So that is, you know, that's huge, you know, not just acknowledgement, but actually being aware of not just what's happening, but why it's happening and what can you do about it. And then the way you increase the self-awareness is you pay attention to the results when you do make the changes that are needed. Now, there's a couple types of self-awareness, and, and, and I think this is important to talk about them. And I, I just sort of touched on it with your employees and with your team. Uh, there's, there's the internal self-awareness. So in other words, how clearly do you see your own values, passion, um, your aspirations? You know, how do you fit in with your environment? And I don't mean, you know, uh, are you comfortable shoveling snow if you live in Chicago like we do here? But how do you fit in with your environment at work, um, at home, in social settings? Um, how do you respond? You know, some folks call it reacting. Life's not about reacting. It's about responding, okay? Because when you react, you're living on your heels. You're playing on your heels. I don't like that. I like to be proactive. I like to put life on its heels. I like to put deadlines on their heels. I like to, um, you know, I like to be uh, the one who is creating the momentum. 
Um, and, and, and being self-aware of um, your internal thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors. Now remember, behaviors drive the process and it's that process that determines your level of success. And, and we'll, we'll have another solo cast on the process because that's what, what it's really all about is your behavior inside of the process in self-awareness with your individual strengths and weaknesses. Now, I grew up in a time when it was all about working on your weaknesses. Let's go back to athletics. Ed, you've got no left hand. You need to just spend the, the day dribbling with your left hand. Um, okay, well, what about my right hand that I'm really good at beating guys out the dribble with and I can pull up from about 24 feet and hit a jump shot? Just ignore that. So when you start to really become self-aware of your strengths and you learn how to leverage those, that is really, really powerful. And we'll talk more about that uh, as well. Um, you know, in, in internal self-awareness is absolutely associated with being more satisfied uh, at work, uh, in your relationships, at home. It gives you more control over your life personally and, and socially. In, at the end of the day, you're more happy. Okay, you have an elevated level um, of happiness. Um, now, here's one of the challenges with internal self-awareness, and that is it can raise your level of anxiety, it can raise your level of stress, and it can actually bring on or trigger uh, bouts with depression. Now, I'm not trying to take away from all the positives I said because we're going to talk about you know, what you can do to work through the negative um, impact that being self internally self-aware can have. And then the second category, which is as a leader, it's critical. And that's your external self-awareness. I struggled with this for a long time. I struggled with it when I was coaching. And I struggled with it uh, my first few year, my first few years uh, as I was serving as vice president of operations uh, for a recruiting um, organization. And you know, I touched on this a little bit earlier. Yeah, I have empathy, but I was not leading with empathy, and I never took the time early on to stop and ask what our team thought of the way I was leading, and. You know, you, you really need to understand how other people view you. Um, and you need to understand how they view you in terms of the factors that we just talked about with the internal self-awareness, um, especially specifically um, the behaviors uh, and your strengths and your weaknesses. You know, when, you, when you're a leader and you see yourself as your employees do, then you're going to have a better relationship with them. You're going to exercise way more empathy and you're going to have a elevated level of emotional attachment to making sure that relationship is the best it possibly it possibly can be. So okay, so we we're going through this. So how can we how can we cultivate our self awareness? There's a lot of different ways, and I touched on a couple of them already. Uh, journal, um, really in the morning, I mean, you come up with a routine. And you know, for me in the morning, I write down. Uh, a gratitude list. It's only three things, three things each day. All right. And it's a gratitude list. And that right from the start of the day, that lets me know what I have to be grateful for. Okay. Not to get off on a tangent, but it is physically impossible for your mind to be, I should say, physiological impossible for your mind to be both grateful and stressed at the same time. So 
I absolutely get the day off on the right foot by journaling. And that this does increase uh, my, self in, my, my self-awareness, excuse me, my self-awareness because I will journal throughout the day um, if I get off a big call or I walk away from a big meeting. Uh, for instance, when I stop recording this podcast, I will journal about how I thought um, I did uh, pivoting from one subject to the other or did I go deep enough on this. So, and, and I'll also recognize what emotions certain stories or certain thoughts uh, brought up in me, and then how did I respond? And how is I, how did I keep performing uh, after that? And that's something in your professional career um, that's so so significant. And I'll tell you in full transparency, for me, from a parental standpoint, uh, journaling has helped me tremendously. Um, you know, it's funny. One of the things that uh, I learned early on how silly it is as a parent to take it personal when your four-year-old or six-year-old, or both for that matter, choose not to listen to you. Um, Those are things I'll work through in my journal to keep uh, raising my level of self-awareness. And it may seem trivial listening to it on a podcast, but I challenge you to try it, okay? And if your kids are teenagers, try it. Um, Another way, a way that's really helped me uh, to cultivate my self-awareness is to take a self-assessment test. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Um, the ones uh, that I like are the Clifton Strengths Finders, uh, Meyer, Myers-Briggs, um, the Wiley Disc Assessment. Um, for me, the big game changer was the Clifton Strengths Finders. And that, that was the one actually that made me realize that it took a complete stranger. Well, she wasn't a stranger at the time because we had developed a, a relationship a client relationship um, to tell me, uh, looking at my top 34 strengths, at my all 34 strengths, that I was not an empathetic leader. I said, are, are you kidding me? I, I have a ton of empathy. She goes, you're a very, she goes, you know, one of your top five is individualization. So yeah, you, you know what makes people tick. You want to know all about a person. So you have empathy, but you don't lead with empathy. Um, and and the, 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 the woman I'm talking about is Maureen, uh, Maureen Monte Electa. And she was our guest on our, our podcast number 10. And I encourage you to go look at her. Uh, look, or excuse me, I encourage you to go listen to that podcast. Um, it really was a game changer uh, taking that self-assessment test. And I share that self-assessment. I go through that with my coaching clients uh, as well. And they really like it because what happens is you realize that it's okay to embrace your strengths and not just embrace them, but leverage them every single day. Um, and then another, another way to cultivate your self-awareness is to meditate. And when I was an athlete, I did a lot of visuals, visualization, but all my visualization was wrapped around my performance. And when I got to college and I, I played significantly less, um, I got away from that and you could really, uh, you could feel the difference in, 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 in the level of confidence. Um, and, you know, so I always had an idea of what meditation involved. But in the last five or six years, I've really bought into it. And it's amazing when you quiet the mind, the things that will all of a sudden move from the unconscious to the conscious. And there's a great saying, you know, until we make the subconscious conscious, it will rule our life and we will call it fate. And I truly believe in that. Now, the next one I love for me this works big time, is step up your workouts. Anytime I am in a rut, okay, anytime I feel like I can't figure out what's going on in a certain situation in my life, anytime I absolutely know 
or maybe just feel like I have to increase my self-awareness, I just have a hellacious workout. Now, granted, a hellacious workout for me, maybe a walk in the park for you, but nevertheless, it works. When I'm working out, I will have my phone with me. And it's funny because <laughs> I used to go to the gym and I was that guy that would get in the mental battle with all these people with their phones. Like, how can you be working out and on your phone the whole time? Why are you texting? Why are you um, looking at Twitter? Why are you doing this? Well, now I do bring my phone with me and I, I take notes. I go to the note app and, and I type in notes uh, as I'm lifting or as I'm on the treadmill. And I, I try not to get on the treadmill. Um, I'd rather run outside because that's another thing. When, when I level up my runs outside, a lot of things become more clear to me. Um, and here's a big one when you're working on the external uh, self-awareness. Again, ask for feedback. Okay, ask for feedback. People are, you know, hey, when I share this personal story with you, you're going to understand um, that where I'm coming from when I say this, but people are afraid to know what others think of them. You know, we spend a great deal of our time in our life worrying about what we think others think of us. And we could be completely wrong. Okay. And that's one of the problems with introspection is people are doing it all wrong and yet they think they're so right. Okay. And all that's doing is leading them down the wrong path, getting them to set the wrong goals, which if you set the wrong goals, you're also layering the wrong layering, the wrong projects and tasks under those goals. Okay. So ask for feet, run to the fight. If that's the way, you know, Hey, and I don't mean a literal fight, but if there's something you're uncomfortable with, get outside the comfort zone. We all know that's where your growth happens, right? That's where we all know that's where success lies is outside your comfort zone. Go ask for the feedback from your peers, from your colleagues, from your teammates, from your family, from your friends. And one of the things that was hard for me to do was I asked for feedback from the ones that I knew were most pissed at me. And the thing that really caused me to do it was I also knew that we shared a lot of core values. So I was having a hard time why comprehending why they would be upset with me when we share the similar core values and I've done nothing wrong. And it really opened up, you know, really raised my level of self-awareness. Um, get a mentor. And with the mentor, you ask for feedback because they have no agenda, okay? Their only agenda is to help you, the mentee, to get better. They're not worried about the relationship. They're not worried about if you tell them to take a hike, if you take them off the Christmas list, uh, if you don't send them that cheese and sausage at Christmas time. They don't care. I mean, they don't care. Okay. So get the mentor. And then another one that really helped me was, um, work with the coach. The very first thing I do with all my clients, regardless of what level of leadership they're in, what level of success they're experiencing and where they're at in their life. We start off with a real deep dive and self-awareness because to get anywhere, you have to know where you're starting from. We all have this performance gap. We all want to move from where we are to to, to another place. And there's that gap. And we all know we're capable of doing more, but here's the level we're performing at. So what gives? All right, what is it? What's keeping us from moving from, from point A to point B? And by working with the coach, I was able to not just figure out what was keeping me from getting there. I was able to put a plan together. And it's something I do with every single client of mine, put a plan together to get myself there, to get them there. And Again, it's a, it's an ever evolving process, and it, it it never ends. And 
you know, I talked a little bit about uh, cultivating the self-awareness and asking yourself questions. Here's the big thing. You need to ask yourself the right questions at the right time and in the right way. And what do I mean by that? Let me share a story with you. Okay. And, and, and full transparency, this is the first time on a podcast I've alluded to it. I've alluded to it in presentations, but I've never shared it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing so, but I don't know where this is going to lead the conversation. So stay with me here because, um, it's a pretty intense story and it's, it, it can be a bit of an emotional story for me, but, um, as far back as I can remember, uh, since being in college, I've had an issue with alcohol and I always knew I had an issue and it goes back to self-awareness is not, you know, just acknowledging that you have, um, a weakness. So I almost died twice as a result of my disease, alcoholism. Okay. I, I, I will admit to you wholeheartedly that I am absolutely powerless, um, over alcohol, which in of itself is is a bite in the shorts because love having beers with the guys, uh, love love hanging with the guys, uh, having beers, uh, love having a great dinner with the wife and, and having a, a glass of wine. Um, but that things, you know, things got bad. Things got real bad because it became a physical uh, and emotional addiction and um, it was destroying my life and I almost died twice. And the second time, uh, was six and a half years ago. Um, was it six and a half years ago? Yeah, it's about six and a half years ago. Um, Nancy, um, my absolute better half, <laughs> um, I'll be the first to admit it, but she'll be the second to admit it. <laughs> but she, um, she was seven months pregnant with Maddie, our firstborn child. And one of the things I always said to myself was, you know, an alcohol screwed up my coaching career. It was a challenge to my business career. Um, it had uh, strained many unbelievable relationships uh, in my life. Um, and, and really, it strained my relationship with myself. You know, and everyone, everyone always said, why, why don't you, you're a tough guy, you know, you're tough, you can stop. And, and people didn't understand that I wanted to. Nobody was harder on me than me. Um, so it really, it really got bad. And, um, so anyways, I decided that the person I had become was not the person that was going to be uh, the father that my daughter needed, nor the husband that my wife needed or the son that my parents needed, their friends that my friends needed, um, or the person that I needed to be. And, and I, I was going to do this now. Let me back up for a second. I always, as an athlete, I would always think I was very mentally tough. And there was times I mistook mentally tough for physically tough. I mean, you cut my leg off, I was still going to play that night. It didn't matter, right? Mentally tough. No, that's physically tough. So back to, back to, you know, Nancy, seven months pregnant, I decided, okay, Einstein, and I, I, I knew, I was aware of what was going to happen, that I was going to quit drinking on my own. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole story about uh, the first time I almost died, uh, how much I was drinking. I, that's a story for another time, another group, another podcast, another keynote. Right now, I want to focus on self-awareness, but I just be assured that it was bad. It was very disheartening, um, and it was a very lonely place to be in a very um, 
anxious place to be. So I decided I was going to do this on my own, right? Back to Einstein. So um, we were, by the grace of God, um, at Northwestern. And we were at Northwestern for my wife's last neurology appointment before she gave birth. Um, and she um, was having a neurology appointment because she had had a massive stroke uh, several several years earlier, which they never really pinned down the cause, but um, very easily could have been the stress that I was causing on her um, by my my drinking. Um, anyways, so we were there and I felt weird. So I said, Nance, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Um, I'll meet you at the elevators. And this was the third day of me going without booze. Um, and again, I, I had a bad feeling something was going to happen. Um, I had done my research. Uh, and this wasn't the first time I tried to quit. I don't want you to think that um, I am this person that the first time he, you know, tried to quit was unbelievable and s- successful. Because um, no, it had been a battle for, for years. Um, I, I, had, I had worked with folks for years trying to do this. But anyways, this time it was going to work. And so long story short, I went to the bathroom, felt weird. Last thing I remember was walking out of the bathroom and I had a massive seizure. So if you can imagine your seventh month, seven and a half month pregnant wife, uh, as people are screaming in the neurology department at Northwestern, uh, that someone's having a massive seizure only to run out to the elevator shaft and realize it's their husband. Okay. So that was a, you know, obviously I don't remember the seizure woke up a, a day later, I think, um, in the hospital and, uh, it was a bad deal. It was, it was a really, really, really bad deal. So, um, got through that. And I will say got through that. Didn't go through that. Uh, our daughter was born. And then in December, right after our first Christmas, um, I looked at Nancy and I said, you have to get me out of here. Um, I need to get help. I need to figure this out. This is not who you need me to be. It's not who I want to be. Um, let's figure this out. So, um, we found a, an amazing place. Not we, my wife found an amazing place um, in Palm Springs and went out there. I said, whatever, 30 days, 45 days, 60 days. Now, my daughter, okay, my firstborn is six months, seven months old. She was born in um, July 10th. And so I'm leaving, I'm leaving her, right? So I'm going to make this work. There's not a, a chance in hell that this isn't going to work. And I get out there and I'm an absolute minority, um, you know, with that, with that location. I was, I was considered old. Um, I hadn't done meth. I hadn't done heroin. Um, it, was, it was, you know, it's funny. They say, well, it's only alcohol, but yet in the same breath, they'll tell you that it is the single most dangerous substance that you can quit um, on your own. So I was there and things were going well, but I was angry. Man, was I angry because I kept asking myself, why, 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 why me? How, what did I do to deserve this? Right. It was a pity party, so to speak. Um, but in my mind, I thought I was there to increase my level of self-awareness of how it happened to me and what I could do to figure it all out. So, so then when I get back, it just, it doesn't happen again. Right. Again, Einstein. So one day we're sitting in, in, um, in a lecture, and again, I was considered older. Um, I was not afraid to be outspoken. Uh, I may have gotten into a couple situations with a couple of younger guys anyways. Um, there was a gentleman lecturing, and it still to this day pains me. I cannot find his contact information because what he said to me absolutely made one of the biggest differences and impacts in my life. And 
he, he said, I get it. I get it. You did not choose to have this disease. And, and I was fired up. You know, I'm, I'm being very mild now, but I, I was fired up. I was jacked up. Like, you know, no, I, no, no, this ain't me. This ain't who I am. You know? And I, I just sounded stupid, right? Saying that because yeah, it was me and it had been me for a long time. And so he looked at me and he, I walked right, right into it, right into the trap. Okay. And, and I'm glad I'm di- I did. I'm very, very glad I let my guard down and that I did. And he says, I get it. He goes, you did not choose these circumstances. And I said, no, no, I didn't. And he says, but what you do have a choice to do or what you do have control over, what you can do is figure out what you're going to do about it. That is a choice you have. You didn't choose your circumstance. You didn't choose your circumstances, but you have a choice of what you're going to do. That hit me, I mean, like a ton of bricks, and it was awesome. I mean, I, I couldn't stop writing. I went back to my room. I journaled forever because it made so much sense. I had spent so many years of my adult life wondering why. Why me? Why this? Why now? Why not them? Why not him? They're bad people. They steal. They cheat. They do coke. They do. I mean, whatever. Whatever, the, whatever I was saying. And, and, and they're all of a sudden, there's this incredible mind shift. And why do I share this story with you? Because that is one of the keys to self-awareness. Again, introspection can be a trap because what happens is when we ask ourselves that question, why, it has a tendency to attract negative feelings, negative thoughts, negative memories. And the truth of the matter is what we're trying to get to, we can't access those thoughts, those feelings, and those emotions and those memories in our unconscious mind. So the question that ask yourself, the, the, the game-changing question, the one that makes a difference is what? Okay, so this happened to me, all right? What can I do about it or what happened to cause this, all right? And then what happened to cause that and how can I make a change and what can I do differently? And then when you make that change, pay attention to the results. That's the big thing. Okay. People make, or I should say it's one of the big things. People make these incredible changes, but then the results, they forget about them three, four, six months down the road because they just go back to, you know, doing what they think is being in the swing of things you know, self-awareness needs to be a way of life. It needs to be part of the process. Um, and, and here is, if I could give you, um, a peek into the way I work with my coaching clients that helps really really keep the self-awareness aspect of our time together going. It's set two-week process goals. What do I mean by that? What I mean by you look at your goals, and I'm not going to get into uh, my whole program of, of time, energy, and attention management, but you look, at, you look at your goals, you look at your projects you have layered underneath your goals and your task, okay? So that's what I do. I have goals, projects, tasks, but you look at that And you said two weeks, two weeks, and here's what I'm going to accomplish. At the end of those two weeks, you run what I call a feedback loop, okay? And how did that work out for you? And did things get better? Did things improve? Um, maybe it's, it's something to do with someone on your team and your ability to uh, communicate with them, okay? Um, or maybe it has something to do with you're dealing with a distraction that keeps popping up and you figure out why. You do need to figure out why, okay? Um, and then ask yourself, what? What can I do about it? All right? And for me, I'll tell you this right now. I spend time on social media. I'm not, I, it's not that I'm not a fan of social media, but I think there's a lot of BS out there. 
I think there's a lot of crap. And in my space, in my industry, I think there's a lot of crap because people tell you um, their amazing story when deep down inside they're really struggling. You know, I want to be authentic. Um, you know, that's one of my core values is authenticity. Um, that's one of the reasons I told you my story. Um, that, you know, people are going to say, was that hard to do? No, it was not hard to do. If it helps you, if it makes an impact on you, uh, and it makes a difference on you, or it can make a difference on someone you share it with. No, it wasn't hard to tell. Um, was it odd for the first time? A little bit. But anyways, run that feedback loop every two weeks. That way you're keeping self-awareness top of mind all the time. And that's really going to be the key to your success. But, you know, when, when you ask that, that what question, okay, as opposed to why, you, you remain objective, um, your, your future and action focused. And I think that's the, that's the key is to be action focused. Um, and then you're empowered into, to what you figured out, to what you found out, find out, you know, what you found out, um, about yourself and what you found out through others about the way they view you. Um, and that's why I really work on asking that question. What? Um, there's a podcast, uh, a guest that I had, Mark Pattison, uh, phenomenal. Okay. Mark's a former NFL player who is now scaling the seven summits. He only has two left. Um, he's scaling the seven summits across the world. Uh, amazing story. Um, he went through and he talks in the podcast and I apologize for not having the timestamp, but he is in, um, episode 20 and he talks about, there was a very tough time in his life when his marriage was falling apart. And he kept saying, why me? Why this? Why is this happening? Why did I do this? Why did I let this happen? And all of a sudden, it dawned on him, hey, man, what can I do about it? What, what can I change to make a difference? What can I change to bring about change in my life? And he said that absolutely was when everything in his world got better. Um, and I, I encourage you to listen to that podcast. And again, I, I apologize about not having that timestamp. But, you know, move from why to what. And, and that's the key. Um, you know, I want to encourage you. Just see yourself more clearly. Reap all the rewards that increase self-knowledge and self-awareness deliver. Um, you know, focus, focus on not just the internal but the external because I know that can be challenging and I know um, that can be tough. Um, and, and really get after that honest feedback um, from folks that you trust to tell you. Here's, a, <laughs> here's another key. And this is one of the hard things. When I do podcasts of this nature, the hard thing is like, gosh, I don't want to forget anything. Well, guess what? I'm going to forget something. Or I'm going to miss something, but I want to squeeze the sponge as dry as I possibly can for you. So here, you know, here's the thing, you know, move from what to why. Okay. There is no finish line. And, and the key to self-awareness is taking action because when you take action, then all you're going to do uh, is keep increasing your level, your level of self-awareness. And again, remember the mental part, the mental aspect of the game. All right, the mental aspect of the game of the athletics of business mindset. That is the difference maker between winning and losing. Okay. And that is the difference between being great and being good. You know, Jim Collins, one of my one of my favorite books of all time, Good to Great. Good is the enemy of great. Okay. And and give yourself, give yourself permission to be as successful as you possibly can. And I'm telling you right now, the first step in that uh, is self-awareness. So, you know, thanks. Thanks for, for staying with me. I would love 
any feedback that you have, um, you can, hey, you can even email me at ed at the Molitor Group. Shoot me an email. Let me know if this helped. Let me know if you have more questions or if you're interested in finding out more about what we do, what I do. Uh, you can go to the MolitorGroup.com. Um, obviously, our podcast is on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. Uh, our podcast website, I love it, TheAthleticsOfBusiness.com. Um, and, and would love for you to go. I would be humbled if you could go to iTunes uh, and give us a review. Uh, rate the podcast. And again, be fully transparent. Um, but uh, I wish you all the best. And, and if there's ever a way I can help you uh, on your self-awareness journey, help you to increase your level of self-awareness, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Okay. Keep doing great things. Thank you for listening to The Athletics of Business. Be sure to give us a rating and review so we know how we're doing. For more information about the show, visit theathleticsofbusiness.com. Now, get out there, think, act, and execute at the highest level to unleash your greatness.